0: to the page, get it out of your head, and on to the page, get it out of your
1: head, and on to the page. Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me as guest is a guide that we talk about all the time on this show. But hasn't been on the show for years. His name is Jeff Portnoy. Hello, Jeff.
0: Hi, Pilar. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it.
1: Now, the reason we talk about you is always in a good way because if I have um, uh, clients of yours on or leasings your praises, you know, you just inevitably come up. You uh, represent great writers. You are a literary manager, and so every once in a while, it's like, well, you know, Jeff Portnoy. So anyway, your name comes up, and I'm sure people are like. Who's that? <laughs> I need to hear from him. So that's why we're having you on. Well, I okay? appreciate
0: that. It's great to hear. Always hear it. good to hear.
1: For for people who don't know who Jeff is, he is a literary manager at Bellevue Productions. Prior to joining Bellevue, he worked at CAA, the Gotham Group, and Resolution Talent Agency. Jeff's clients' projects are set up at Fox Searchlight, Um uh, New Line Cinema, Sony Screen Gems, Lionsgate, Paramount Players—I mean, it, the list goes on. So uh, he is—he is somebody who really walks his walk. Thank you so much for being here, Jeff.
0: Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Really so, excited to be here.
1: A manager. We talk about literary managers all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And it's—it you know—it's like a manager. I only got a manager. Why don't you tell everybody what a literary manager actually does, and we'll take it from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that there's different breeds of managers in the business. Um, the so I can I can speak to my own experiences and, and the type of manager I am, which is definitely uh, my style of management. Errs a little more on the development side. I'm uh, a, an agent that I'm friends with once uh, told a client of ours, uh, "Think of your manager as your own personal." or private uh, development executive, someone who reads every idea that you have, gives you feedback on those ideas, reads every draft of an outline or a treatment, gives you feedback and notes on that, and then, of, of course, reads every draft of your scripts and, and helps you from you know inception to completion of your script before giving it to the agent to go out and, and sell or use as a sample to get the writer an open writing assignment or open staffing assignment if it's a TV project. So my... Style of management is definitely uh, it's heavy development. I have my if I look at my calendar, it's it's just every day is uh, you know three to five development calls, and they each usually typically range about an hour long. Sometimes they go longer, and we're just going through either on the phone or in the room. I'm just going through, going page by page, scene by scene, and going through my notes, and and discussing and. The notes with the writer. It's a it's a diplomatic process. Sometimes it, the, some of the notes are, happen to always be questions: of what their intention was, and what did this mean, and what were you trying to do here? But the goal ultimately is they go off, they do another pass, send it back to me, and it just that cycle continues until it's ready to either be sent to the, their agent or out try to go you know attract an agent. So um, the other there's other breeds of manager. I think there's some that are a little you know more focused on uh, you know TV staffing or. Or, or, you know, essentially hybrid, you know, a little bit more what an agent does. Mm-hmm. They come from that school and they do a little bit, they act a little more that way. But I'm definitely, uh, you know, specialized on the development side of totally happy. And, and, and in fact, I enjoy that process of you know, rolling up our sleeves and how are we going to, you know, write a great script.
1: Well, that's, that's interesting. Okay, so you said then it, it, for it to go out to an agent. So do you ever um, skip the agent and go to the production company?
0: We we have I have done that I have skipped the agent I mean it's a chicken and the egg scenario so mm-hmm. so there's two ways to uh, find an agent if you're a writer if you have a ma- and you have a manager so we, we we the client and I finish the script and then it, that's the question what's what's next should we we can do the agency strategy then or we can I can go directly to producers and try to create some heat and buzz around the script and get it set up or optioned or in the trades or on the blacklist and then. Agents will inevitably be attracted to it, so it's like a it's a it's a kind of a chicken and the egg scenario. You know, if you if you go to the agent early with the project, they can. What's attractive to them is that it's it's something that they can no one's seen. It's not been exposed. They can attach to it. They can sign the writer, and then they can take it out and and you know shop it to the town. It's a new piece of material that no one's seen. Um, and then if they if it sells, they can take a ten percent commission so it 's attractive to them when you bring something to them early. The problem is is with young up and coming writers there's no track record uh, it, right, it's a risk. Right, right. No, the writer may have never sold anything or had anything option so there's that risk there's the risk for them is is it might not work out it might not sell the writer may never get any traction in the business um, but the reward is that if it does that it's you know if it does sell, they get ten percent if I go out and I sell it. And it gets in deadline, and then they call me. Then, if we've if we've negotiated in cl- the deal and closed the deal, they're not entitled to n- n- uh, commission the project. But they can come on, sign the writer now. Now they're more of a sure, sure bet. They've sold something, but they can all, and they can build off that credit, off that sale. like can reach with their next spec or their next piece of work. But they can't commission that. So it's like one of those things. They have to decide. Do they want? Do they, they read it, and it's a it's their decision to make. So typically, we we always do reach out to them first to see if. Because all we lose is time. If we if we if a client of mine finishes a script, and I send it to five agents at five different agencies, and they all pass, we lost a few weeks. But that's it. That's the only downside is you lose time. If we get an agent, great. We're out with an agent, which is double the you know power of just having it going out with a manager. Because so. those
1: agents also have their their um, their relationships. And also, they can they can literally negotiate the project, so you don't have to spend time trying. Yeah, that, right.
0: I typically tell writers if they get the agent on, if we get an agent on board, it's going to go further, it's going to reach higher and go and reach wider. So mm-hmm. it's going to, it's if I'm if I make if if we do it alone, I'll make thirty or forty submissions, but it's going to and it's going to be a certain executive at a certain level um, with the, with the agent. If you get a team of agents, especially, it could be the the principals of the companies. And it could be a uh, way three times as two or three times as many submissions as I could make. Depending, you, typically there's one to three agents on your on a writer's team. M- you know, a lot of my clients have two agents, so it's like that's three times as many submissions. And a lot and the and they're, they're se- if there's a senior agent on the team, it might be going to the principals of their that company, so it's taken very seriously. Um, so it goes out with a lot more power and a lot more juice when you. So we do typically try to do that. It doesn't always work out for the reason I uh, you know mentioned earlier, which is just it's a risk you don't know you know it's a these writers have no track re- have little to no track record and we're trying to break the writer but if the script is great and the sometimes agents will say let's do it i think i can sell this and we can this could be the first building block in their career um and and there have been a few occasions where i skipped the step entirely and just did it myself and sold the script and then the agents reached out and they were wanted to meet with the writer and sign with sign the writer after the fact it can happen both ways um you know so one way or the other, you're hopefully at some point or another you're gonna sign, but you have it. Just it just depends. And
1: what about staffing? Though with staffing, right, you're trying to set up a writer on a show so that that launches their career, right? Yeah. Um, how important is an agent after that? If you've already gotten them a, a gig, you know, uh, the the rest is sort of up to them. There, an agent sells. They're not going to sell anything, they're just going to get 10% off of what the writer makes. So is it as advantageous to set them up with a, a, an agent?
0: I, I think for, for writers who have aspirations to staff on TV shows, agents are essential, really? absolutely essential. Okay. With features, um, it's, it's possible to have a manager who... You know, has a great uh, set of relationships and can just do it on their own. I have a few clients that you know, they're fe- they're strictly feature writers and they don't have agents. And we, there's a lot going on in their careers. They're selling things and getting things optioned. I think it's because it's a smaller it's a smaller community. The feature community and the TV community is like ten times as as many people. So if you, there, Variety publishes a, a document called Facts on Packs, and there's one for TV and there's one for features. The feature list lists all the major studios. And underneath each studio, it lists the number of companies that have the, a first look deal, producing deal. So the on the feature side, it, it fits on one sheet of paper. On the TV side, it's too big to it's too big to print, and it's constantly changing. It's like it's like twenty sh- sheets of paper. It's a it's a catalog, and it's constantly changing. And every day, new companies are signing deals with TV studios. So the agencies have more people, and they have and they and they have a mechanism in place to. Um, to constantly be collecting information and bring it back to the hive and kind of cataloging it. They call it the open staffing grid or the open writing assignment grid. It's a a document that all the agencies have. It's like a living document. It's constantly being updated on a day-to-day basis and it's being circulated weekly and there's weekly meetings and it lists all of the open writing assignments, feature open writing assignments and TV staffing. And that takes a huge team of people to do. I don't have you a small management company like Bellevue we don't really have the time to do that. We do hear about open staffing assignments and writing assignments occasionally, and we put clients up for them. But they, the agencies are really that's their business. They you 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 want uh, to have a, a an agent if you're aspiring to be on staff. Uh, you know they know every time a show a show gets announced and it gets in the trades months and months before that was when the the they actually started they they started hiring staff writers. By the time it's in the trades, it's all f- staffed up and there's no more opportunities, and it's it's sometimes the show's already been produced and when it's announced, it's already it's all done. So you need the agencies are hearing about the openings on staffing, on staffs way before they happen and putting people up for them. So my my biggest contribution to getting one of my clients staffed is is well my biggest contributions, uh plural is is helping them develop a great sample for staffing and then helping them get an agent. So on the TV staffing side, those are my two uh you know goals. Great sample for staffing that sets them Apart from the other samples, and also uh, an agent. That's it. On the feature side, uh, it's not as uh, imperative. I might say, you know, it's, uh, put the choice in the writer's hands. Say, look, I know uh, an executive of almost every one of those feature production companies that has a first look deal on that Facts for, pa- for Packs uh, sheet. Um, I can get it to them and they can bring it into the studio. We could sell it without, we don't need it. Mm-hmm. We don't need them as much. Uh, we, I, we would like to have them on board, an agent on board every team ideally, but we're not as needed on to sell a feature spec, but to get a staffing assignment or a feature open writing assignment, that's really essential.
1: Okay, so so going back to the development process where you talked about, you know, every day you're on a development call because you're trying to get these scripts ready and you said one would be to be a, a sample for staffing and another would be ready to go out to companies for sale, right? Mm-hmm. So all right, so I know all the writers out there are going, and what makes it ready? What are you looking for? What do you find as even a common note that you end up giving people as the thing that needs to make them ready to go out?
0: Uh, t- typically, my, my process with writers is, you know, they send me uh, once we once we've kind of decided on what the concept is, um, and then they, they move to outline and I'll have lots of notes on the outline. And once we lock the outline and they go to the first draft, You know the notes can essentially uh, cover the entire spectrum. Uh, You know they'll they'll send me the first draft and uh, we'll hop on the phone. Those calls can range anywhere from one to three hours. The first draft, I sometimes have a lot of notes. Ideally, I don't have a lot. I'd rather not have any notes because I'm not just writing notes arbitrarily. These are things that I feel like will improve the script. But it it covers the the gamut from typos on the smallest end typos. Uh, you know, to to on the higher end, like major character issues, major plotting issues. Um, you know, so it really is everything. Um, and then every draft, fewer and fewer notes. And when I have no notes left, when I say, you know, read a draft, like I have no more notes. That's when I feel that the script is not necessarily ready to be shot or produced, but ready up at a place where we'll we have a good chance of getting engagement, which is producers and agents and studio executives. Engagement sometimes entails. Further development, but engagement just means, hey, this is great. We think it needs a little work, or we have some ideas. We we would need you to change this, but we're gonna. We want to talk. We want to work with you. So that's my goal with with my clients is to help them get their material right to to a, a certain place where people will engage. I feel it's like if you're if you're talking percentages, it's somewhere in the between like seventy and ninety percent of the way there. Um,
1: it's like being engaged.
0: Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you
1: want to get married. But it's seventy to ninety percent. Something could happen.
0: Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta get it to the, a certain threshold of quality. That's that's hard to kind of quantify. But I'm I'm always trying to get it to a certain place. And I and, and I just kind of feel when it's there. And I'll tell the right. I think I think it's there. I think we're at a place where if I take the script out, people will respond. They might, you know, it could it could be a producer attaching to a project. Um, just to put in sweat equity, maybe there's no money. They put in, you know, they they attach for a year and they package it with talent, and then we take it out to buyers. It could be a producer taking it into a buyer and the buyer making an option without talent attached. It could be, um, you know, you know, but at the very least, just some type of people are interested. They want to meet with the writer. There, they think there's a, w- a way to make the movie. There's different ways to do it, but and then I'm happy we're happy if you know also if they can get it, if they get an agent that's i consider that engagement uh, an entertainment attorney get on the blacklist you know get a build a fan base then we have we start working on the next one
1: so so um you know when it comes to really being ready you know let's let's talk the those features that are you're looking at towards sale okay before we talk about what what you're looking for with staffing, okay? Um, I, I off mic. We were talking a little bit about the hook of a piece, right? That I know I personally find that I'm often going, all right, it's fine, but it's only fine. You aren't doubling down on your big original idea, that one thing that is making it special or making it. Different from every other sci-fi movie out there, or anything else in that genre. Do you find yourself also doing that, like bringing out the, the hook? Absolutely, up a piece?
0: no, a hundred percent. I, I, one of the, uh, the, you know, I tell a lot of writers, a lot of my clients and and prospective clients that, you know, the, the, there's three things. I may have said this on the last podcast, but say it again. Maybe it's been I did it's been a couple of years, but uh, I, I say, you know. Three things to succeed as a writer: concept, execution, personality. Concept. It all starts with a concept. It all starts with uh, with me picking up the phone and calling someone and p- giving them the pitch. And I, uh, you know, you want me to be excited about it. You and you want them to perk up and go. Oh, I haven't. That's I haven't heard that before. That doesn't come across my. Those types of ideas don't come across my desk too often. Send that over. So that's the. And if and if I'm excited and they kind of perk up, it's gonna the same reaction will go all the way up the chain to the top of the the flagpole, so to speak. Um, execution just covers everything that I'm sure you teach your students and, and just its, its character, dialogue, structure, the prose itself. Uh, you know, it's just everything uh, under the greater umbrella of screenwriting. And then personality is something that comes into play, is a big part of the business when it comes to you know, signing, getting an agent, uh, getting a manager, getting a open, feature open writing assignment, getting staffed. Uh, staffing is, is particularly a social sport so you're going to be with people in a room all day. So you have to, they're going to meet with you. And it's a bigger part of it is your personality. So personality is the one thing that I don't bring a lot to the table. I don't help my clients. So by the time I sign them, they're at a place in their lives where that's like the personality is it's either there it's not. You know, So there's not a lot of help I'm going to bring on the personality side. It's the, But it's concept and execution, 100%, that's where I, I help my clients the most. And concept, I'm very hard on my clients for concept. It has to be something that I'm excited about. About picking up the phone and pitching if i 'm not excited if i 'm not excited about pitching it, then we have no chance of selling it if i 'm excited about it, if i can 't wait to get up in the morning and pitch it it 's an uphill battle we probably we might not sell it, but we have a shot it's it 's a shot you know ha- that 's how hard it is the business is so if, but if we if we don 't have if 'm not excited there's no shot so it all starts with a concept uh, you know uh, uh, two examples of concept um, uh, two two scripts that stand out to me uh, where the log line came to me and I just you know, immediately responded to the writer said, "Send me the script." Signed the writer, developed the script. Got them agents. Sold, sold the script in one form or another. Uh, one one was a script called "Super Fecundation" by a writer named Savion Einstein. Who the the log line. This was a, 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 a Lee Jessup introduction. Um, Lee's awesome, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and it was the log line was uh, a young woman gets pregnant with twins and discovers that they both of the. Each baby belongs to a different biological father, which is a real medical phenomenon known as super fecundation. and I remember I just I never heard of it didn't I just couldn't believe it that it was a real thing. I'd googled it and I engaged with the writer and now that's set up at Sony Screen Gems. Um, we have some talent that's kind of coalescing around the project right now and and if all goes well, knock on wood that movie might get made hopefully um, but that was all started with an unsolic- with uh, with with Lee sending me the you know, an email with just a logline in her name, and I just that that was something that I got excited about. Everyone I, I said that to. Every time I've pitched that, people that's not real. Right? Wait, what right, is that? Right. Are you serious? And they're they're engaged, 100 percent engagement. And I'm telling them, oh yeah, this is how it works, and etc. Another script that I took out earlier this year was a script called Manchester um, by a, a writing t- an Australian writing team, uh, Dave Stevens and Peter Petrucci. Uh, th- it was a based on a true story about a, a man named Jeff. Jeffrey Manchester, who uh, he, he was serving a 45 year sentence at a prison in North Carolina. He escapes from prison, which is the first first person to escape from that particular prison. And while he was on the lam, he thought he was spotted. He thought some cops saw him and he ran into a shopping plaza and he ran into a working Toys R Us store and and he hid between the displays. And when the, the store closed. Um, he came out of hiding, and, and long story short, he started living in the Toys R Us.
1: Well, that's uh, that's comforting as a parent. Yeah. Very S- comforting. Six nice. months,
0: six over over six months, the better part of a year, he lived not, at first in, in between the um, the displays, but later in a crawl space that was kind of in the back and in the storage. He created like a false wall, and he started planning a heist of the Toys R Us for for the Christmas time. You know, when all the money was coming through. <laughs> and I remember just thinking, like, that's just I, I can't wait to to pitch it. I just can't wait to get on the phone. And, and that we now have, uh, uh, you know, that's now set up at a financier. We have a director engaging. So those t- those are two examples of things where, and, and there's other a lot of other examples, but that's what I'm looking for. And it, so if I sign a writer who I think has a lot of talent, who I think can execute and has the personality, but we don't have the concept, we'll work on it. It can take weeks, it can take months to find that idea that I, and I'll know it right away, I'll perk up and say, oh, that's, we got it we got it you know but it but it's hard the the goal is finding an idea that they're excited about and passionate about writing otherwise they won't write a good script but i have to also be and they should want me to be excited about picking up the phone cuz if i am kind of dreading picking up the call the phone to pitch it we're dead in the water we really are if i if i pick up the phone and 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 i say like you know something like to the effect of like uh, you know shortly before retiring uh, an LAPD detective you know goes on one last you know assignment and then you know, double crosses the cartel, and then an assassin, and you hear all these key words that we see uh, in a lot of log lines. Then I'm kind of that's it. I'm tuned out. I'm just going to
1: alcoholic cop, uh, yeah, re- avenging the death of his partner. That's my thing. Like yeah. I'm really tired of that. Please, oh, uh, please, no more.
0: No more. There's so many of the same ideas that are out there, and I and I don't blame the writers. The writers are those those ideas are. A reflection of what Hollywood makes, the things they produce. Right. So they, they go to the movies and they watch TV, and then the log line comes in. You know, a CIA operative is double crossed, has to race against time to save the world. And what they don't understand is that you you do that after you've, you've, built a career for yourself. When you're breaking in, you write something, some odd, off, oddball, weird thing that people can't believe that you've written and they want to read it. And then you get in rooms and as soon as you're in the room, they'll say, hey, we have a writing assignment. It's about a CIA agent who does double <laughs> crossed goes against this. You don't write the thing they already have. They're looking right. for a writer for all these books and all these IP video games and remakes and prequels and sequels. They already have all the IP. They don't need it. What they want you to do is write a script about a guy who lived in a Toys R Us, an ex-con on the lam living in a Toys R Us. And and uh, um, they that's what they they want to read that that's on their weekend read that's the that stands out and then they call you in a room and the next thing you know you're working on the the you know uh, an FBI agent who's fighting terrorists in Afghanistan and it's the same thing so but they want
1: they want the originality that you brought to your. Your spec. They need that, even if it might not be the most original concept that they have. They're hoping that your sense of play and your sense of, of the world will be infectious and that you will bring to life something that they have that might be a little bit tired.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So so let's,
1: let's talk about, um, uh, staffing and what you're looking for with those samples, because I would imagine you, you said it was concept, execution and personality, but I would imagine that with staffing, it's Execution and personality, like that, is yes. even more than like the big idea of the TV show. Because people are writing these these original pilots, sort of knowing that they might not get sold, but that they will get them work.
0: Yes, for staffing, I'd say it's 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 more like connections, uh, execution, and personality. Connections meaning you have agent manager pushing for you. You have your own connections to the showrunner, producers of the show. A whole village of every I, every time an open seat comes up for staffing, uh, and you can ask other managers and agents. I'd, I'd say people would wouldn't disagree that it's on average like a hundred samples coming in for one seat. And that's probably a conservative estimate. One hundred for every seat. So any given show has a, a low level, uh, you know, entry level staff writing position open. You're going they're, they're going to just get inundated. The producers and the showrunners inundated, and the studio executives with with uh, samples. So if, so. In order to stand out, so but you need a lot of connections just to get your sample read. That's number one, and then yes, it's the execution. And then once you're in the room, it's your personality in the room. So it's you know I'd say concept could come into play in in regard to if they are if they get submitted a hundred scripts and they're just where do they start reading and they start going down the list of the log lines in all these submissions. If something really stands out, it could help them maybe read that sample before other samples. So if if it's a, a a crime cop show and there's you know fifty scripts or samples are submitted and they're all like kind of every sample is like well you know a cop or crime related show um, and they see something that's completely different they might you know that that one might stand out so that concept could play a little role in, in that but it's really getting you know getting your sample read which takes a a, t- a lot of connections contacts and representatives and then. And then, yes, they read it. They like the quality and the execution. And then they get in the room, and that's the one of the biggest parts is getting in the room because you are going to every day. You are in the room with a lot of people. You have to be a team player. You have to be a good collaborator, um, and uh, easy to work with and fun to work with. And that's a huge part. of Staffing and personality is a big deal for sure.
1: So, um, when you are pitching to, uh, let's say, the production company f- for staffing, okay, mm-hmm. or even to an agent. About staffing, you're not pitching the project so much now, you're pitching the person, I would imagine, yes, absolutely. so tell me some of the the descriptions you'll use to describe people, like what would you use to describe a writer's voice? I'm thinking maybe some of those adjectives would be helpful for writers as they're writing, like you know,
0: yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know t- i've I've been on a lot of those calls where I was selling a client for a staffing position, um and it's it's typically. You know, it's the the enthusiasm in your voice and the passion kind of it needs to come through. You're this writer; she's just uh, such a joy to work with, our pleasure to work with. She just, oh, the writing is such a great voice, and it's just that excitement in the in your voice. They, you know, they know you're calling, you know, they know you're biased because it's your client, and they get these calls from a lot of people. It's a very competitive uh, world, and uh, but yeah, you just gotta they gotta. It takes a whole village. It takes everybody. If there's an open staffing assignment and the writer gets submitted for it, you need the agent to make a call. You need the manager to make a call. You need. And the writer, if they have any relationships, may call on. and the, and it's the passion and the push. And if there's enough, you know, momentum there, you might then you get the meeting. And the meeting is where you get the job. They get the one meeting with the showrunner and or showrunners or producers and that's that's how it happens. So for me it's it's I'll say things, you know, about them just being really great to work with great people, uh, really talented is you know it 's kind of the same thing. I say the same you know it 's like they 're awesome what about,
1: what about style? would you say like oh this person's edgy, dark uh, you know genre specific yeah, um, I, I, can I, write in any genre
0: I mean I think it has to do with the the show they 're being put up for so i like recently, there was a show that i I uh, made a call for one of my clients for, and, and her sample for the show was basically the you couldn 't have a better sample for the show. I was like if ever there was a writer who have the exact right voice for this show. It's this. It's so. It's such and such. You know, client of mine, and she, you know, this has this sample, and it's 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 just right in line with what you guys are doing. It's that kind of thing. It just it just depends on the show. You know, what the what the genre is, and um, and she, you know, yeah. But pretty much, we say every good thing about that we can't we can find in the arsenal about the client to get them. Is this like I said? It's very competitive, and uh, it's hard to get a writer staffed.
1: Now you are also a production company. Bellevue Productions yes. is a production company, not just a, a management company. So tell me how that works. What does all that mean?
0: So Bellevue, uh, we ha- we do produce. We're I would say we're we're more of a management company than a production company, but we do uh, occasionally produce. We have a very uh, kind of clear and, and strict policy on producing. Um, our client's material, and that's that we have to. The only time we attach to produce is if we bring them an idea or a piece of IP to the table, um, and then develop it with them from scratch. So by the, the script's finished, we brought it was it was our idea, or or maybe we, you know, broke the idea with the writer. So the partially it was our idea. We helped. We worked with them from the very inception of the of the concept, and then all the way through. And we're very selective. Even even when we do that, we're selective. So we're not. Attaching ourselves to produce a lot of our clients' material, uh, only when it's our idea, a piece of IP, and we really uh, work from, from, uh, from scratch on it and, and kind of earn it. There's, the reason that's, that we've chose to have that policy is because um, a lot of management companies have a really bad reputation mm-hmm. for attaching themselves to produce their clients' material when there was little to no development, and sometimes they, the writer's not even aware till the offer comes in or, and they're negotiating. Uh, with us, the writer knows from a real early, like right from the beginning of the conversation, that we'll say, "Hey, you know, now that you're running with this idea, we brought you, and and we're going to be developing from scratch and working for the next three, six, nine, or twelve months. This is something I'd want to be attached to as an executive producer, or maybe if if it made sense as a capital P producer." Um, but so there's no surprise. But there's a lot of there's been a lot of cases where the writer signed with the management company, the managers. Went out with the script. Offers came in. A lot of heat on it. Directors circling, and they suddenly the you know the manager says, "Hey, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but we're producing." Mm-hmm. And then they tell that to the other producers that they're reaching out to the studio, and then that that you know cuts into the pie. That their fee cuts into the pie that's allotted to the uh, to the other dedicated production companies, and uh, and it's you just get a bad reputation. And we're too small to have a bad reputation. So we're we want people bringing us, we want agencies to. You know, make referral, refer clients to us. We want uh, production companies to want to work with us. So we don't, uh, we don't do it lightly or easily. We, it's always earned, and it's always us. The the conversation starts real early on that.
1: Um, uh, yeah, I think that that's excellent because yes, this this is something that people get confused about, Um, and also you know that also takes a little homework on their part, right? Like if you were a, a writer, okay, that is vetting. Uh, a manager is looking for a manager. Where would you start, and what research would you do because you 're a great manager, and what you just said is extremely ethical. There are a lot of people out there who just call themselves managers so so where would you start?
0: Uh, I guess I would start uh, you, you know if you're if you start taking meetings with managers, you should always ask what their policy on producing is, um, and then you should you, you need to ask around because you can 't all they might not be telling you the truth. Because uh, they want to sign you. So there's, they're you know, incentivized by just saying, oh, no, we don't. That never very very seldomly do we do that. So you just got to ask around. And, and, and typically, the bigger the company, the more likely it is that they will attach to produce all of their clients' material uh, before and after the fact. And the fact being like setting it up or getting offers uh, on, the, on the script. So, yeah, the smaller companies, less, uh, less likely to do it. It still happens. Um, but yeah, I would say ask the manager themselves, ask everyone that you know in town. To give to for referrals and um, do your research. And then, you know, if they, uh, and yeah, and that's all you can really do, I think. Would
1: would IMDb Pro be a place to go for for research? Are are managers ever attached at that? Like, would you ever sort of see a a manager? I, I guess what I'm saying is where would you research? Is there anything yeah. online to research? I think, uh, yes,
0: uh, IMDB Pro, Studio System.
1: Studio System, okay. Studio
0: System, and then um, uh, those would be two places where you could find, for instance, I'm att- I've been attached to, in the, in the last uh, year or two, uh, there was two projects of my clients that I'm attached as an executive producer where it was an idea that I brought to them and, it, and they were set up and they're, Probably listed under on my profile on Studio Systems IMDb Pro, so you can find that information online. So Studio System, IMDb Pro, um, asking around in the community, asking the manager themselves, and pretty fast. When you, especially with just asking around word on the street, you're going to find out. Like some companies um, will do that, and and the like I said, the bigger bigger the company, the more likely that they're going to try to do that. I, I heard a horror star story recently. I won't name any names. But it was a very one of the one of the biggest management companies, and uh, they, um, they, they, uh, one of their clients script started to really heat up, and uh, they didn't do they, there was no they didn't do any development on the script, it just really started to heat up and it was getting attention from pretty a list uh, talent, and they. Made a made a push to get themselves uh, attached to produce it, and a and a, uh, a financier who had optioned the script said it's too late. I've already we've already done the paperwork. I control it. You're not, you're not going to produce it. So they were like, all right, we, we can't do. You have the rights to the script. We won't do it. But they were upset about that. So cut to months and months later, the same financier reaches out to the ret reads a great script, finds out it's the same management company reps the writer says we want to option this and we want to fully finance production. And the the company said "Uh, we're not interested. Oh God! Because you 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 didn't support us as producers last time, even you know. And uh, so that writer is probably unaware of the fact that he or she could have not only got some money for an option on the script, but possibly quite potentially had their movie made. But this major management company that'll go unnamed, basically because they were pissed off that they weren't, you know, the financier didn't support them and let them just kind of glom on to produce it for doing nothing um they 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 've ruined that for that writer, so it 's like that's that 's like like you know really bad bad stuff, so we are small and we 're and we don 't you know we want to have a great reputation and we 're getting that reputation just by not and a lot there 's a lot of good companies little great management companies that are you know uh, kind of uh subscribing to that theory of not attaching to produce having putting up a wall between what they produce and what they and you just gotta earn it. At the end of the day, it all comes down to the fact that if you are if you're telling a financier or studio that you're producing and if they're if they ask you what did you do, you have to, if it's an executive producer credit, you need to be able to say, well, it was my idea, or they came to me with just like a one sentence like and, and we log line and we really worked on it. And then we I worked on it for like 12 months of development. Um and and if it's a capital B producing credit, it's that, it's that stuff and that you're gonna go and continue on with the project and actually physically make it. It's you've got to earn it. You either you either earn it through creative contributions, or or optioning and spending money on IP, or or it's your idea, or you're going to go along with it and actually, you know, have a big part in getting it cast and finding a director and getting it made and physically producing it. But all too often, there's some companies that just it just it's they just try to do it, and it's like and I I look at it this way. I, I want to say to to what if. Every time a manager took out a piece of material, a producer to a producer, the producer said, "Hey, I love this. We want to take it into the studio where we have our deal. We also think, could we co-manage the writer?" We're "Like what? What do you mean co You guys aren't managers." "Well, you know the law says we can. Like, is that cool?" "And we're well, it's not really a question. We're going to tell you we're going to co-manage. That would change. That would get everything everyone upset if they tried to do that. But they don't do that. You know, so right? That's why manager producers like us because we, you know, we know our who we are and what we're good at, and they." Are, we know, they know what they're good at. We work great together. So.
1: so, everybody out there is going, I want to be represented by Jeff Fornoy. And I will tell you right now, Jeff is not taking new clients at this time. Okay. <laughs> but um, let's say that you were. Um, how would somebody get the attention of a manager like you?
0: To get my attention, probably the best way is to have a referral come in. So it's not unsolicited submissions is probably the least effective way. There have been I made a few exceptions over the years, and and um, so it's 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 possible, um, but it's the most unlikely way to do it. It's really people like yourself and 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 Lee Jessup and agents at you know at at major agencies, and also um, executives that are you know production executives, studio executives, creative executives. Winning and placing in competitions. Uh, I, John and I, John Zozerny, my colleague, we we judge a lot of, um, you know, final draft big break and Austin and US, UCLA, USC. We're judging all these competitions and going to all these writer, you know, pro, programs and events and meeting people and winning and placing in those things is a good way. So that's one way to do it, getting vetted through those programs. Um, but yeah, a referral coming to us from someone. It could be a client, it could be an agent, it could be. Another manager, it could be a producer. Uh, Those are always the best ways, if if possible, do it that way. If it's gonna be an unsolicited, just reach out cold. You know, it it better, it better that that premise really better kind of blow, blow, blow me away, and also include other people that have vetted you. Like, well, I did this, I had this place and this, and you know my i was in the nickel finalists and i won this and i have this going into production if i see a lot of that i'll i'll kind of read it and just take a, take a maybe take a look at it possibly
1: what about having a, an established audience already let's say somebody who has a youtube series that's gotten a lot of eyes on it would that be of interest in a way it's like vetting through uh, an internet audience
0: i feel like that's more for if uh, aspiring directors if you ah. i think you know i the, the majority of my business is writers i have a few it like writer director hyphenates, but I, I feel like anytime someone reaches out and they, and they do a lot with uh some visual component like something that's been had a lot of hits on YouTube or you know it's it's typically someone that's a, an aspiring director and you know I don't I'm not, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a writers guy I'm a literary guy so for me everything starts with writing and I want to read something and I want to read log lines and concepts and I want to see who's vetted them and who's rec, you know who will go to bat for them. Um, so the so the stuff that has a link to watch something, it, it happens sometimes and I'll check it out, but it's not. For me it doesn't really move the needle. Um, unless like it's, you know, they made a short film that they also wrote so that would interest me because they're a writer too and it got it's just like millions of hits and it's blowing up. I might of course take a look at that, but you know, it just I guess it depends how big the fan base and are, is there a writing component. Mm-hmm. There's no writing component, I'm probably not going to look at it and if it's um and if it's like well i did this but no one's you know anyone can put something up on on youtube it's got to really find a big audience that makes me kind of i got to take notice of this you know
1: right right now what's a good way to lose a manager
0: good way to lose a manager let's see um i would say the best fastest way to lose a manager or an agent or any you know representation representative is probably not listening uh, not not listening at all to anything they have to say. It's sooner or later that's you'll you'll part ways inevitably. So you know, so
1: not taking any notes on the material,
0: not taking any notes on the material, not 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 consulting them on concepts. So it's like someone just you know throws down a script, says, "Hey, I know I didn't run any ideas by you. I didn't run this idea by you, but I just went and I wrote this, and here it is." That kind of stuff, uh, you know, or not, you know, not. It, it's not just one time or t- once or twice. It's like if there's a history of like they will not. Consult with me on concept. They won't, they're not consulting on execution. Um, and then getting bad reports about personality. I mean, that's three strikes in, in your own. It's those th- those three things. Um, so, right. yeah, that's. So it typically. goes back
1: to concept, execution, Con- yeah. and personality again. Yeah, if they're yeah. not,
0: you know, and le- look, I, every once in a while I've had a writer who just said you know look i know i didn't run this idea by you but i just went and wrote the script and it's the script turns it's a great idea that i really really excited about and then i'll do it it's, you know but then i've had other times where they just said hey i know i didn't consult with you on this i just went i had to get this out of me i went and wrote it and and i don't think i can i'm not excited about selling it i'm just be we'll be honest with them and say that's not something i excited to pick up the phone and you know and pitch because i don't think anyone's gonna gonna want you know Going to be interested in that, so they run the risk if they don't if they don't consult with the their manager and agents on the concept, then they run the risk of that happening. Doing all that work, writing a, a full draft of a script, and then having their reps not want to do anything with it. Um, but of course, you can get lucky, and they can love it, and I, that has happened. So, but I, I'd say for, you know, not not listening, not consulting with them on ideas, not listening to them when on their notes, not listening to them in terms of general career advice, and just how to interact general guidance then there's no reason to have a manager at that point I mean if they're if you're not listening to them and you're not letting them manage you then why have one if
1: that's you, that's I think what people have to know we have talked about it before but it, it, it bears repeating that a manager manages your career manages your content right an agent sells yes yes so if you're wondering like well why is, why do we need both well an agent agents don't do management work anymore in the old days, they did, mm-hmm. um, but there's so much content out there right now. There's so many platforms. Uh, managers really do that work. And it's, it behooves you to have that because it's, it's way more personal. It's about your writing. It's about your style. It's not just you know, sell, 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 sell.
0: Yeah, if, you, if a writer doesn't think they need any uh, help creatively on, on their material, doesn't need you know, any feedback or any help, uh, then they probably don't need... Uh, a manager. They probably can just have an agent. They they go off. They write. There, there, there's no need for any development whatsoever. They just hand it to their agent. The agent then takes it out and sells it. Um, the, but the the fact is is that you writers, even the best writers in the business, get too close to the material, and there's things that they are blind to because it's too subjective, and they need someone to say, "Hey, like I'm fresh, kind of objective feed eyes on the script," and you know, your this. I didn't understand how this worked, and you need someone to do that. And I think it's your the strongest, uh, the best writers have the strongest teams, have someone to be there to give them that feedback. And and a lot of times, writing teams they have it with each other, so they might not need a manager as much. But even then, they're still going to get too close to it. You need someone to say, you know, read something with fresh eyes and say, this is what I think about it. And and your and they, they may have missed something. So, I, I guess there's some. You know, uh, oftentimes I meet with writers and they'll say. Well, I have a writers group for that, and I'll say, well, the writers group's great for that, and I we love that writers groups, and we welcome when our clients want to invite their writers group to give feedback. But you got to remember something about friends and writers groups is that friends aren't as likely to be brutally honest with you, uh, and also friends and writers groups don't have any, you know nothing at stake if you sell it or if you or if you don't sell it. I I need you to sell it. I need to make, you know, if you don't don't sell it I lose a ton of time and energy and if you do sell it I make money. So we we have the most stake. So we're the most intense about wanting it to be as good as it possibly could be and we'll be brutally honest with the writer because it's a very it's a, you know, we're we're friends with a lot of our clients but it's like we we it's totally business. It's all creative. There's nothing personal. It's like we want to get this to be as good as it can be. So we're good at just being brutally honest about, you know, what's working, what's not working. Um sometimes you know, and I and I have a lot of training in how to really, uh, you know, diplomatically lay out that something needs a ton of work. You know, so just from my training at being a, a script reader at CA for six years, it's just you get and, and reading a lot of client material, you get good at laying out what doesn't work on the script, but like you know, also pointing out all the great stuff and, and the potential and what it could be, and getting them on your side, and then very you know, kindly laying out these are what not everyone's good at that, so they don't want to stir the boat or piss off their friends. So I think. Writers, you know, shouldn't just rely on their friends and their writers group. They they really should have creative managers to help them. And and yeah, I think it's the best teams, the best team you can have is a manager who's, you know, somewhere between 70 and 90% creative. Um, but the the 10 to 30 percent is they'll jump in and try to help sell your material. They'll put on an agent hat and act like an agent. And you want your agent conversely to be 70, you know, to 90 percent selling sales. And networking and sales and staffing and open writing assignments and then but ten to thirty percent they should have an opinion on the script so oftentimes they do we give it to the agent agent has notes and we welcome the notes and they welcome my help when I when we're out with the script and I'm making submissions as well so that's the best team is like a kind of a yin and yang you know uh, you know I I think you know there's not a lot of uh, managers who don't make any submissions and there's not a lot of agents that don't have any notes but the balance is the majority of what the agency does is is they get the, the material to, to talent, to producers, to studio executives, to buyers and, and financiers. They get it to them and negotiate their deals. They also get writers staffed and get them open writing assignments. Managers, it's a little more creative. But there's that crossover. You do want a little crossover on both sides, I think is the best, the best team. Um, if you only have an agent or if you have a manager who's kind of a hybrid, um, you know, it's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none. You want two spe- you, don't, you, know, you don't want to go to your general practitioner with a back problem or a dental problem, you want to have your specialist. Where I look at us as, you know, you have your attorney as the specialist for the the deal and for the legal stuff. Agent specialist is, you know, getting your material to uh, producers and buyers, and the, and the manager is your creative, uh, you know, bounce board. And and also we we just you know, there's lots of turnover. There's lots of crossover on all sides. Agents, um, attorneys, sometimes. Giving notes on scripts and and that's the surgery,
1: right? So yeah. the 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 network and studio notes. There you go. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's the yeah. surgery. You just want to be put under pretty much for that. I think yeah. is maybe the way.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm, one of my one of my other things that a, a good manager should do is help the writer interpret and implement notes from an uh, agent, a studio, producer. Sometimes I'll I'll get the the writer will come to me and said, you know, whether you know they'll. Maybe I'm on the call, the notes call listening, or maybe they, the writer comes to me and says, this is what the producer or studios or agent's notes were. And they're, and they're cryptic or they're hard, they're, there's some ambiguity there and I help, from having done it for years, like be like, well, what, I think what they're really saying is this and let's do A, B, C, and D. And they're like, okay, that sounds good. And we go back and the agent's or producer or, or executive's are like, "That's exact. That, this is better now. So, there's an interpretation process with it. Yeah.
1: If somebody says to you on page 10, why don't you do this? That doesn't necessarily mean you have to do that. It means, okay, they had a problem with the choice that you did make. Why are they not getting the intention of that moment? You know, maybe you just need to bring that out. So, you don't have to chase every single note. You know, and I would imagine for you, it's a headache if people do. So, finding either the note under the note or what are they. What, what do they really mean what's the bigger picture what's here? the
0: bigger picture you have to, you have to we help the, our clients choose their battles, which is like you know they give you a lot of notes you get bombarded with notes there's certain things you know they're expecting some things to change they're not expecting everything to change stand up for what you believe in but if there's something that they you know you think would be fine either way would, you know won't maybe it improves the script in one of their notes or maybe it doesn't change it one way or the other it's kind of A neutral note that won't really make it worse or better. Go with those things. and then fight for the things you believe in. We help them make those decisions, and also, and also, like I said, just those those notes that are hard to understand what what it means. And there's, you know, you know, I've just heard a lot of those types of notes, so I kind of get. I have a good sense of like what they mean, what they really mean, and how we can go. And we're and then we go in like roll up our sleeves and get in nuts and bolts on like specifically what we can do on which page and how we can move things. And then we're there. Helping them, and we're in their corner, you know. On those mm-hmm. when there's those notes, and it gets if the notes are crystal clear, there might not be anything for us to do once they're the script's set up at a studio or it's with a producer. We just let them go off and do it. But sometimes there's problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, you hear of development hell. I've had a lot, some a lot of clients get into the development hell situation. I'm just I'm in their corner to help them try to get through it, help them navigate it. If the development process goes great, I I prefer not to. If I'm not attached as a producer, I'm not going to get involved. You know, I'm going to let the producer do their thing. So we we step in when we're kind of recruited. And to help when it gets things get ugly because they can get ugly with like lots of cooks in the kitchen and it can get crazy things can get crazy and that's where we come in and we'll try our best to try to figure it all out and help them navigate that process.
1: How how many passes should a writer do for free in this stage of the development process with a produ- production company that's interested before, like let's say somebody like you goes, you know what, you're going to have
0: to start paying my client. That's a good question. I think it it depends. I think. If the, there's 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 some situations where you have the writer is working just with a producer who doesn't have any development money, so and the the producer is developing it either the, the script with the writer from scratch or they've read a draft and now they're going to keep going. And if there's if there if there's we know that they don't have any money, where that that's one thing. There's another situation where the producer takes the script into a studio, sets it up at the studio, and then the studio makes an offer that includes some writing steps and it's WGA and. All that stuff, and you know that's a little different. You know, they have the money to pay, so well, how, you're how being many, paid
1: for each pass that way, right? You're being
0: paid, but sometimes they want it was extra extra work.
1: And ah, there you go.
0: They want the extra work, and then you have to like you know, and you want to it. Everything is proportionate to where a writer is in their career. So the 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 earlier in your career, the more amenable you should be to kind of um, you know being flexible on doing that, going the extra mile, doing a little extra work or free work. The further into your career. As you go along, the less tolerant you become, and eventually, it's like I don't write, I don't sit down at the computer unless the money checks in the bank and I'm getting paid every step or anything like that. So I that would just say like there's a scale and an imaginary scale, and at the beginning of the scale is you're no one knows who you are, you've never sold anything, and and you set you know someone pays you uh, you know some money for uh, to write a draft and do two sets of revisions, you know, but then they want but then they still want that third and fourth set, they want you to keep working on it. It's like you might need to. You might not be in a position to not, you know, to say no, you know, absolutely, you know. And but if if the if the company has money, that's we always try to get them to pay. But if they don't, if they've stated up front like we're just going to come on to find money to make the movie and f- get it to talent and just sweat equity purely, and then we we're a little more likely to work with them. And it's not a, you know, so it's it's a tricky question for sure. Well, it happens a lot, and a lot of young writers, i become writers, they you know there but you have to draw your own line i think i've i've been there before where it's like that's one too many and you say hey okay now we've crossed that line and you have yeah, from here on out well so it is every writer it's different and they've got to you know just draw the line wherever they feel it's it's getting excessive you know
1: one last question how much material should a writer have before they seek out a manager
0: um I've had I've had you know some some writers reach out to me with maybe they've only had one or two pieces of material and I've had writers reach out they've over the years they've written you know 20 to 25 30 pieces of material I I'm I'm willing if I read uh, if they write if you write one script that's the only thing you've ever written if you if, I, if if it gets on comes onto my inbox and I read it and I'm blown away by it I think I can sell it and 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 build the foundation for a writer's career I'll do it, and then we'll start working together on the next thing together. I'll say, send me your ideas. And they'll send them, and we'll vet the ideas together, and we'll choose an idea, and we'll develop, and then we'll take that second piece out after we sold the first, and have a fan base for the first thing. Um, so, so I, you know, I guess theoretically one. it's a, I would do as or little as one, but typically, you know, that, that's kind of rare. You know, I would say because you
1: kind of learn on the job too. Yeah. So usually, usually, by the time you get to three, you're actually. You've established your voice, yeah. but uh, but I, I'm with you. I sometimes you, you just go, oh my god, you're good. Oh yeah. wow, you're good. All right, that that means that's somebody that you know. The next one's probably going to be just as good, and it's sort of like catching them while they're young and hungry. And
0: yeah, I mean, right. typically most of the clients by the time that when they they reach out to me for representation, they've written many things, and they've they're you know. So it's I'd say that's very rare that someone's. Never, never written anything. The first thing that I read is the first thing they've written. But it, but, but theoretically, if I, you know, if I'm reading something and I see talent and I see a future and I think we can sell that first thing and get the, and develop a second project together, I'll, you know, I'll engage, you know. Good, writing's good writing is good writing.
1: Well, Jeff, thank you so much for all this information. And the next time that we drop your name on the show, everybody will know who we're talking about. <laughs> um, I happen to know that you have excellent taste. The the students that are represented by, my students who are represented by you, um, I'm just like, yes, that that's exactly the right kind of writer. You know, they're nuanced, they're smart, they know genre, they're good in the room. You really, really have an eye for this stuff. So, Thank you. Thanks for
0: I really appreciate that. I, I, I you, you have great taste as well. All the, all the potential clients you send me, and and I, I t- typically always sign them, and they're great, great students. And there's a lot of great talent out there. And I just, you know, writer. I'm, I, I'm always, I'm not. Signing a lot of people, new new clients right now, but the doors always open. I'll leave it at that. You know, I don't want to ever close the door all Dude, the way. Dude, I was trying
1: know. to, I was trying to help you with that. You just, you just, I, you walked into that. I'm one.
0: addicted to keeping the door oh, like, always open a crack. Jeff. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> okay, well, I want to tell um, everybody, uh, you know. Uh, yes, Jeff is one one of the best. I he is one of the few managers I know personally. So, also, please don't bombard me like, "Well, will you send my stuff to Jeff?" Like, I, you know, I I'm usually have been working with somebody for a very, very long time before I even think about possibly you know, approaching him because he's so busy. But I am so glad that you're here and I wish you lots of luck with continued luck with the business, which is going so well, and with your new baby who is 18 months old, not that new anymore. <laughs> um, is there a way, let's say, um, are you a Somebody who is on Twitter or anything like that uh,
0: I am on twitter I'm not very active on Twitter I do have a Twitter account'm very un, unactive to be honest with you on it uh, I'm also on I'm on Facebook not super active on social media I probably should we should get Bellevue's Bellevue's growing um we just brought a new uh junior manager on named uh, Zach zucker and he's amazing and he I think we're now as we're growing we're probably gonna I think one of our plans is the the, the social media presence it needs to kind of get boosted a little bit but um yeah I'm Unfortunately, not that after on Twitter. Are you
1: at Austin this year?
0: Uh, No, I didn't. We we were judges on the Austin uh, Film Festival screenwriting competition. We're not going to Austin this year. Um, stay home with your family. Yeah, stay home with the family. We have, <laughs> we have such a huge, uh, you know, so many clients right now and so much uh, referrals coming in. I just don't, you know, we, we would only really go if either A, we had a client... Who had a project in the festival, or if we were going to sign? Mm-hmm. And we're just so we're getting so much materials coming in that it's just not really a need to go anywhere to, to find the clients; it's just coming to us.
1: I trust me, I'm you know I'm looking at Jeff right now; his eyes are like saucers from reading. Yeah. <laughs> um a but,
0: thousand I call it the thousand script stare.
1: <laughs> um, I want to remind everybody to go to onthepage.tv um, because if you want to become a writer who with work that's strong enough to go to somebody like Jeff, come to class. Um, so I am doing a two-day rewrite class, November 10th and 11th. It is advanced writing techniques. You can come in whether you have a first draft or not. As long as you have a strong outline that you're committed to, you're going to leave a better writer at the end of the two days. So I'd love to h- see you here, November 10th and 11th. Um, Also, well, you know what? I'm not going to pitch a lot of things because I don't know when this is coming out. I might have been to New York already. So, Mm -hmm. hey, New York, it was fabulous. Um, And I'll be back. So thanks again to Jeff Portnoy. You rock. Thanks to all of you for listening and have a good writing week.